This is a podcast from the Business Times. Inflation generally means that central banks have to increase interest rates. So anybody that has cash lying around will benefit. You don't really have to do an awful lot. You just have to leave it in the bank and the money will take care of itself. It's undeniable that inflation is scary. You have to watch the prices of everything go up around you while your investment returns dwindle. This is essentially why the idea of dumping stocks becomes common during periods of high inflation. Investors must thus protect themselves against this attack on purchasing power by identifying those investments that offer the most effective hedges against inflation. Such investments typically maintain or decrease their values during spiraling price growth, thus preventing substantial portfolio losses. But which are these? Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips to help you on your money-managing and wealth-growing journey. I'm your host, correspondent Howie Lim. And helping us out today, David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. So not everyone seems to be worried about the impacts of inflation. In fact, some groups will benefit from the economic pressure of inflation. Which groups are these? And where can we sign up? First of all, inflation generally means that central banks have to increase interest rates. So if we take it from that perspective, then of course anybody that has cash lying around will obviously benefit. Then you don't really have to do an awful lot, you just have to leave it in the bank. In other words, uh, you will be earning a higher rate of interest. From a household perspective, And then from a company perspective, there are many companies out there that have not been able to increase prices over the years because there just hasn't been a reason for doing so. But with inflation, it means that they can increase prices and provided they have pricing power, it means that they can pass on the inflationary costs to consumers and they will be able to generate more sales. So some companies will be able to disguise the fact that they are increasing prices, not because of inflation, but because they can do so. And of course, you know, they'll be able to make more profits. And of course, there is a final group, which is the banks will also benefit from higher inflation, because for many years, the banks have not been able to increase their interest rates. But because of inflationary pressures, central banks put up interest rates, and the banks will be able to pass on those interest rate increases to their customers who are borrowing money from them, and they will be able to make more profits because ultimately it is the amount of interest that they can charge their customers compared to the amount of interest they have to pay their customers, and they will charge you more interest for borrowing than for savings. So that's another group of companies that will be able to benefit from inflationary pressures. So what steps can one take to join these groups? Or is that just wishful thinking? Well, it is going to be very difficult because when most people are starting out in life, people who have graduated from university, they want to leave their homes and they want to go out and buy a property. Nobody has a million dollars in their back pocket. And so they have to go out and borrow that money from the banks. So it is very difficult for that group of people because they are starting off on the back foot already apart from the university tuition debt that they have, they also have this new debt that they're taking on, which therefore means that they are going to be owing money to the bank. And for a long time, people have been able to rely on the fact that interest rates were not really that high. But now the situation has changed. Interest rates are rising and the original cost that they thought would be incurred when they buy a property will increase over time. They will have to put aside more and more money from their wage packet to 
pay off that mortgage. But how do people get there? The answer is time, where you can start saying that my debt is now manageable. I do have money put to one side and I can afford to take advantage of, say, that higher interest rate because I will be able to uh, benefit from my savings. That comes down to one point, which is it's not what you earn that makes you rich. It's how you spend what you've got that counts. And so for most people, your wage packet comes in, you will have to deduct all those essentials that you have to pay for, such as your mortgage, your loans. And then what's left over will be money that you have some discretion over. You can choose to go on holiday if you want. Or alternatively, I want to take that money and invest it and put that money aside for the future. And then you'll be able to sort of benefit from that higher interest rate. The thing is, though, when there's inflation, it's the same investments that will grow even if we didn't have inflation. So perhaps we should continue to focus on the stock market and on companies which have the ability to increase prices. Easy peasy. Remember, right at the top of this podcast, you were saying which are the groups that will benefit from an inflationary environment. Well, you want to put your money behind those companies that have that ability to make money during an inflationary environment. Now, I was looking at some consumer goods companies over in the US that reported results fairly recently. And guess what? They were able to increase prices. Not only that, they were able to grow sales as well as increase prices. Now, that is a pretty difficult trick to pull off. But these companies were doing that. They were increasing prices. They were passing on those price increases to their consumers, to their customers. So therefore, they were able to grow their sales and they were able to grow their profits. And some of these companies are now saying that they are likely to make more profits this year than they did last year. So if you had spare cash, if you had money left to one side, you want to be putting your money into those companies so that they will be able to take advantage of inflation and they will be able to make your money grow alongside their growth in profits. Still to come, shouldn't we be curbing spending? Shouldn't we change our investment strategy? Market Focus is your weekly look at markets in Singapore, the region, and beyond. From the Business Times podcast editor Clarissa Montero, the BT News Desk, and the Singapore Exchange. Every Friday at 2 p.m., go to bt.sg podcasts to download. And now, back to Money Hacks from the Business Times. Broadly speaking, we're supposed to be holding back on discretionary spending during inflationary times. That's just the natural instinct. But apparently we shouldn't. David tells us why. Take a look at what is happening in the US. Interest rates are expected to be around sort of 4 or 5%. At the same time, you have inflation that is running at 9%. So if you had cash, you were earning 4% on it, but that cash is losing its value at 9% a year. In other words, in real terms, you are losing 5% a year. So you tell me, does it make sense to sort of sit on cash when it is losing real value at 5% a year? That doesn't make any sense to me. So what you need to do is invest it. Now, obviously, you do need some cash to one side because what we're actually facing now is not just inflationary pressures, but recessionary pressures. In other words, people are predicting that the economy could take a downturn. 
normally when we have a recession, central banks will cut interest rates in order to reflate the economy. But what is happening in this recession is that it is coupled together with inflation. So it puts the central banks in a very difficult position now. They can't cut interest rates because of inflation, but at the same time, they have this inflationary pressure, which means that they have to increase interest rates. And so what are we supposed to do? It is pretty much a case of everyone having to look after themselves because we can't turn to the central banks anymore. And we generally come out of a recession at some point. Now, don't ask me when we're going to come out of this recession, but we will come out of it. So people, households need to focus on what is going to happen after the recession. It generally means that at some point in time, we are going to retire. So if you are at that age group where you are, say, 20 or 30 years old today, in another 30 years time, you're going to retire. So don't get distracted by what is happening now, but focus on what is going to happen when you reach 55 or 60 years of age, when you do have to retire, and you have to sort of prepare for that time, even though we are in a peculiar situation right now. And what about one's investment strategy? Should inflation cause that to change? Should recession cause that to change? No, you shouldn't change your strategy. You should continue to focus on what is going on in the future, not what is happening now. Remember what I said, it's what you have left over from your wage packet that makes you wealthy. And of course, there are some things that you cannot get away from, expenditures that you have to pay for. If you don't pay your mortgage, you'll get kicked out of your house. If you don't pay your rent, you'll have no roof over your head. Similarly, you have to eat, otherwise you'll go hungry. So once you've actually deducted all the essential things, you are then left with your discretionary spending. Am I gonna carry on living the way I did last year? Am I going to carry on enjoying myself the same way as I did previously? Or am I going to say, I have something that is going to be happening in 30 or 40 years time. The sacrifices that you will need to make is enjoying yourself today so that you can enjoy your life later on. So carry on putting aside what you believe you need in order to have that retirement in 30 or 40 years time. So in that sense, don't change. But obviously, the things that you do need to change is that you have to take into account that things are more expensive now, which therefore means that you will have less discretionary money left over at the end of each month. And so you cannot carry on living the lifestyle that you did previously, but you will have to put that money to work the same way as you did previously. So if you had set aside, say, 10% of your salary to go into your pension fund, you have to keep on doing that. So after all that, we're sticking to diversification and long-term horizons. Oh, definitely. And the normal diversification, the normal allocation that people should have is again uh, related to their age. So the younger you are, the more money you need to be putting into the stock market. So that rule of 100 applies as much today as it did the last time when I was talking about how you allocate the assets that you have. So if you are 20 years of age, then 100 minus 20 equals 80. So in other words, you need to put 80% 
of your investments into the stock market and just 20% in cash, near cash, bonds, Singapore savings bonds, whatever. But as you get older, then you need to start shifting that proportion of money that you have in the stock market to a lower level. And when you are in your near twilight years, say 60 years of age, then of course you only want 40% of your money in the stock market, but you still want some money in the stock market because that is where you are going to be getting your inflation beating returns. I got to say, all this inflation and recession talk is really getting me worried. We're supposed to cut back on spending, but not have too much cash lying around. We should stay invested, but that's hard to do if we're supposed to decrease discretionary spending. You need to remember that whether we have inflation or not, you are going to retire at some point in time. So don't get distracted by what is happening now. If you are planning to retire at the age of 60, you need to know where you are now, where you will be at the age of 60 in terms of the amount of money that you have. And that is the path that you need to follow. Sure, I mean, the stock market is very volatile at the moment, and it is scaring people. But at the same time, the recession will end. The period of high inflation will end. And then what are you going to do? You're going to say, oh, I wish I had invested money in 2022. <laughs> and now it's 2024 or 2025. And it's three years have gone past. So don't shorten your life by three years simply because of what is happening in the market now. Just accept the fact that, yes, it is tough now, but we will get through this. What should be our goal during times like these? Should we just aim to survive? Should we even try to outperform inflation? We all need to outperform inflation because otherwise your money is going to shrink. So what you need to decide is how much money do I need on the day that I retire? Now, I can't tell you because everybody's requirements are different. For somebody, it could be 250,000 Singapore dollars. For another person, it could be a million. Depending upon where you are now, you have to say, if I have so much money today and I want a million dollars by the time I am 60 years of age, how are you going to get from where you are now to where you are going to be? That will determine what you are going to be investing in. For some people, if you already have half a million dollars now, you haven't really got that far to go. But if you have nothing today and you want a million dollars by the time you are 60 years of age, that will determine the amount of risk that you need to take and the amount of returns that you require from your investment in order to get there. And for some people, that path could simply be putting your money into bonds that might generate 3 or 4% a year. For other people, it could mean taking on higher risk, which means going into the stock market. Generally, the stock market returns about 7 8% a year. So you will know where you are now, how much you need to put in in order to generate that pot of a million dollars. Okay, let me dust off the old crystal ball here. Fine, of course, no one can reliably identify shifts in the market cycle, but a rally will come eventually. How can we capitalize on these rallies? For sure, because we will get through this. People seem to think that, oh, we're all off to hell in a handcart. We're not. Things are very tough at the moment. And for some of us, we've been through this in the 1970s and the 1980s when mortgage rates went up as high as 12, 13, 14 percent. But we got through it. 
Why? Because we just simply tightened our belts and we said, right, times are tough now. And that annual holiday that you want to go on, that's gone out the window. But instead, knuckle down, work as hard as we can, don't get fired and try and sort of pay off whatever debts you have. And then we'll get through this. So stiff up a lip, knuckle down and just get on with it. David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. And that's a wrap for this episode of Money Hacks. I'm Howie Lim. Till next time. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3 you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.